0: It was all a pipe dream, watching bodyboarding up on TV, deep at reef, watching tension repeats, eating bakery feeds at 18, living the dream with no
1: sunscreen, yeah, we were so keen, surfing Aussie pipe, buying Riptide,
0: eating shit pies. G'day and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast, the home of bodyboarding. Thank you for joining us on episode 33 of our Verbal Journaling, and I'm your host, Luke O'Connor. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are graced with the presence of one of the most influential boog power couples in the world currently. Hailing both from Japan and the island of Maui in Hawaii's stunning archipelago, respectively, these two cool cats spend their time solely focused on bodyboarding and anything else to remotely do with bodyboarding itself. They both provide laughter and good feels through their TikTok and Instagram reels that always incorporate a catchy tune, some weird and wacky lifestyle. Mixed in with some rad core cool boogan. If you haven't checked out their YouTube channel or their Wonder Boogie online store, please go check it out after this body. But first, let me introduce you to today's well-known couple, Yaka Suzuki Curly and Matt Curley. Aloha, legends, and welcome to Luke's lounge.
1: Gee. Ooh, right on. Thanks for that awesome introduction, Luke. Um, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for inviting us.
0: All good. I've been wanting to have you on for ages and obviously we came up to the Chrissy period and we're all kind of busy and doing our thing. But, you know, as 2023 um, started and kicked off with a bang with a, a lot of places around the world copping swell, it's um, good to sit down with you guys and chew the fat. So what's been going on in
1: Oahu, Hawaii? Well, um, you know, we've actually just been uh, kind of in the middle of the season over here, which is like the peak season of the winter. And uh, it's it's my actually like my first winter kind of actually seeing all the pro surfers and everything being over here because I was growing up in Maui, and um Ayaka kind of not forced me but told me that we must live on Oahu if we want to be pro bodyboarders we're not gonna go anywhere in Maui. I definitely forced you yeah. <laughs> to move here, <laughs> but it's not true. I, I mean, mean you know, there, you can definitely be a pro surfer in Maui and all that kind of stuff, but it's it's good to get off of your uh, you know off of your own island. It's good to go experience other culture, and I think the North Shore is is a very like amazing place in the world where you can really push your level and really, you know, get out of your comfort zone almost every single day. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy ride here. It's been amazing actually seeing the, the level of surfing and the level of wave riding and like, just like, man, it's, it's, it's insane to see this year, how many people are out there, which is not really the best thing, but also it's, it's pretty cool to see like how many kids are charging and like how many humans are like pushing their level in the ocean and riding waves that we didn't even think were possible a couple of years ago. And now people are doing it like it's a normal thing, you know, like like 14 year olds are charging waves. It used to be like terrifying, you know, so it's, it's pretty crazy. I know that's kind of what's going on in my mind right now on the North Shore. So it's just seeing this whole, uh, like the whole. It's busy. Yeah. It's getting busy, man. And it's, it's, it's a very active sport right now going on. Yeah. So
2: in Hawaii, it's the most active and the busiest time for the surf scene. That's what's going on
0: here. Yeah, and especially after that record swell you guys just had for the eddy and all those images and and drone footage coming out of Wyoming Bay and I think it was what seventeen to nineteen seconds at like mm. twenty feet or twenty seven feet. I you know I might be underselling it or overselling it there, but let's just say it was a huge fuck off swell. And to call the eddy on, it's going to be massive. Like, what did you guys do during that period? And were you swamped with visitors?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, um, the eddy we actually stayed away from, to be honest. Because... <laughs> yeah, to be honest. It's Look. just
2: crazy busy because day before the eddy, or even two days before the eddy, they're camping, you know. And the road is literally like, you can't move.
0: So what you're telling me, Ayaka, there's 48 hours before this comp is on, people are lined on the beach with tents.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Well, actually, the, 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 they had that swell before. That they were supposed to. It was almost the eddy swell. And like two days before that Eddie Swell, they had like the roads all blocked, not the roads blocked off, but they had like the whole side of the road blocked off and they had people already camping out there. And it was like literally like not even the actual day of the contest and it was already a traffic jam. And they ended up calling it off like a day before. And then that kind of gave us a fair warning. And then I remember that the year before when we first went, like it was like there was there was no parking or any way to get there. From probably Holly Evil all the way down to like not Turtle Bay, but at least past Pipeline. You know, it was just like insane how many people were on the beach.
0: Man, that Kamehameha Highway it gets it gets stacked up, eh? Like it's obviously the main road throughout the North Shore, but when you've got that amount of visitors visiting, you know, your beautiful coastal yeah. town, like I can only imagine the mayhem. Like even on just like a normal um, busy December, January, February day, like that that highway is kind of chockers, and it doesn't really quiet down till later on in the evening. I can only imagine with um, the Eddie. So, you know, putting that aside and, and all the mayhem that you guys avoided, what did you do at the time? Did you get some waves? Did you did you work? Did you cruise? Yeah. What, what what filled the time?
2: Yeah, so actually, uh, Mac has a competition on Maui. So we flew over to Maui when the Eddie's on. And then he oh. scored amazing, amazing Honolulu baseball. It was awesome to watch.
0: I saw this clip. Was this a 10-point ride?
2: Yes. Unfortunately Shack I couldn't join. I wish I could join and beat up, but I'm happy to um capture my husband get pinpoint.
0: It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, so was that of your drone, Ayaka?
2: Yeah, it was my drone.
0: Yeah. yeah. What a couple you guys are. That's sick. Know, You've I... got your husband <laughs> nailing 10 point right. One of the most iconic waves in Hawaii and obviously was going off with that swell. And then You've got yourself on the beach just making the most of it and nailing the angles. Like, what, what what, can't you guys do? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was pretty sick. I mean, I really wish Ayaka could have been in the contest herself, but there is a little, uh, there are some politics involved with uh, residential localism and uh, stuff like that. It was, <laughs> it was kind of hard to get. But the, the yeah. list, the, the, the entry fee fast. for that contest was, was full for like a year. You know, like when, as soon as they announced that that contest is going to happen, there's already all the spots were already full. And, um, is it is only such like... a good
0: wave, isn't it? Like you know, the some of the footage I've seen of Jake Romero, yourself, um, Mac, and even some of the surfers out there of recent time. Obviously, it's a boogie haven, and, and you guys absolutely rip it to pieces. But so many things have been popping up over recently because it's it's a world class wave.
1: Oh yeah, wow. it's amazing. I mean, I actually got to enter the surf division too, and I, I try to oh, yeah. compete with some of the guys in the shortboard. In my first seat I did okay. I got a pretty nice barrel. You got a really barrel. You got the
2: seven point or whatever.
1: Yeah, it was a 6.9. I'm not okay. going to overjuice it, but it was uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That,
3: <laughs>
1: I made my heat. I made my heat. That was the most important part. But yes. this, yeah. The second heat, I kind of flunked it. I only... You know, there's only 15 minutes in the heat, and...
2: I think the biggest thing is that he couldn't surf the best because he didn't bring his showboard and he borrowed Samanko's board.
1: Yeah, and I was really scared to break it, and the waves were freaking pumping, and I knew if I fell, like, the board was guaranteed going to break because... There's guys just breaking boards left and right, and that's the one thing I love about the bug Is like, I mean, I don't know. I've seen I've seen guys break boards, but to be honest, I don't know if it's something I should be proud of. But I've never broke a board in half. Like I've creased a bunch. I've broke stringers. I've had it peeling. I've surfed on them until you can't ride them anymore. But I've never really had one like actually
2: two pieces. Two
1: pieces, yeah. Like I mean, because I I ride a double stringer with mesh. You know, I mean, I go with a thick, strong board, but. You know, the only time I ever had a board really break on me, too, is when I'm duck diving. And I just I learned how to duck dive a different way so that I don't let my board break on me. But the surfboard... You're still talking about surfboards, so high. Yeah, well, no. On the boogie board, I know how to do a technique where I'm not going to break it for sure, you know. But on the surfboard, it's kind of like... If you fall, man, like, it seems like it just breaks, like, under pressure. Like, the way they're just so long and skinny and... 100% but not, you
0: know going back to your point Mac, you might have been pulling out the right way you know you starting out as a surfer which makes you a little bit of enigma in the bodyboarding world because most people go from bodyboarding and then either enjoy surfing more or succumb to social pressure from their friends to get off a bodyboard and supposedly be cool and be a surfer and then and then they go into surfing and then they they never go back but you have come from another direction and it's really cool to see that you know, in a lot of the interviews that I've, I've heard you um, give over the last couple of years, you speak about how it is a perfect wave riding vehicle and you get so much of enjoyment of being able to put yourself right on the shocky and be inside the wave as deep as possible and, and all those lip line sessions where you can get you know, crazy amounts of air off, off, a, off a section that really a surfboard can't hit or only the best in the world can hit. And you have to be in the top, you know, 0.0.01% 0. 0. 0. to do so. The bodyboard yeah. gives you all. And I love hearing that, man. You know, like it's, it's really cool to see you went from surfing to Bergen and you just respect all crafts, which is cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean it's sick watching anybody get freaking pitted or going for it you know and i mean i love watching surfers you're standing up on the board it's you know i mean that's why i do stand up boogie because for me i think that's the ultimate challenge like drop knee or stand up it's like kind of like you know doing like a fancy trick in a barrel you know like what can you really do in a barrel besides laying down but when you're laying down on the barrel you can get so deep and you can get into a position on a on a wave that you can't get in any other position that's why it's so addicting to lay down on the board too so it's it's hard to even pick. You're like, man, should I stand up? Should I lay down? Should I drop me? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to do something cool in the barrel, but I really want to get super deep and like, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So it's it's really hard to let go of that boogie because the has just got so many options. Like, you can do all three on on one weight if you want, you know. I mean, on the surfboard, yeah, exactly. I guess you could lay down on it, but it's without the, the fins. Really make a big difference too. Like, you know, and I, I hate to say it because I, I I feel like that's almost like kind of like the little cheating part about bodyboarding. it's not like as cool because you can use fins and you're kind of cheating, but Maybe
2: yeah. it's shorter. The board is short. But yeah, it's just that
1: you can use yeah, it so good. Sure. Like, it's just it just works so nice and like man, there's are such yeah, a good but, tool. You know,
0: dude, back to um back to Ayaka's point there, man. It it is short. Like the board, if you think about a body board, it's not designed to paddle without fins. Because the surfboard, mm-hmm. you know, they're way thicker, or not thicker, sorry, but way stiffer and, and that fiberglass that, you know, goes along the hull of it or the or the deck of the board, like, you know, that's um that's that's gonna allow glide through the water where bodyboard's got not so much more drag but just it's not as um you know dynamic through the water so with the fins like there's no way you couldn't have it like there's just no there's no yeah, way and I like mean, that, that was the,
1: well that was the cool thing sorry, go, bro, about go. This. oh wait, well, i was even thinking just like yeah with the surfboard too i remember it's just like it's just you can catch the wave so easy you know you can paddle into it so easy you can you can get into it a lot like better where the boogie board you, you really like are taking off in a more critical position but you can take off in a more critical position because the board's smaller you know but you're you're definitely way more connected into the wave and that was the one thing that i always kind of missed with surfing is that i just kept getting smaller and smaller boards and you know then the board would get too small and it wouldn't really work that good in the barrel anymore but for some reason the boogie board is small but it still works good like on mm. big waves you know mm-hmm. even when you stand Especially up on it somehow it. it still holds its rail really well
0: yeah, and especially with you two, you guys love the book. How, how has it been, you know, a couple that loves to bodyboard and, and you know, you're obviously married now. You guys have, like, a beautiful life together. And, and, you know, is it? am I just imagining it or is it always chat at the dinner table about uh, the next move you guys <laughs> want to try or, like, the next product or what's going oh, on? Like, God, is it constant burger or is there other things coming in? <laughs>
2: Trust well, it's, me, yeah. it's 24-7. while we're talking is like wave or boogie or boogie or boogie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, yeah. though. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard, though, because I'm not really allowed to talk about my waves. You know, like there's definitely like that rule. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Like... So is there
0: like a 50, 50% split up? Like of time it's spoken like, about? Yeah, it's, like,
1: it's more like talking about boogie trips or where we're gonna go or like you know like how we could get better or what we should be doing how we should be training or talking about like how to possibly improve or questioning each other on what we think might be better for this or that but we really don't get to you know it's not like with your boys like where you talk about your waves
3: because i've I've
1: had a little bit of a tough time you know i've been suffering almost in a way because i don't get to really explain that psych that i have of like bah, i was so deep and like you wouldn't believe it like I, thought I wasn't gonna make it but then i made it and then it kind of spit a little bit and then wow like there's this rock it's that cause was, cause like, was spin, sta- blah, blah. yeah you know like i just i that that conversation is not really allowed in this house anymore i think still I do. i still do it but i've definitely pushed my point maybe too much
0: yeah yeah well look you know i think the best thing about having a partner and my wife always does it to me they balance you out. So it's a yin and a yang. And I think, you know, the people that stay together and the couples are successful are very different in a lot of ways, but are similar in a lot, because then they complement each other, but they also bring each other back in the line. And, you know, I can be pretty outrageous at times. My missus just goes to me, like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, <laughs> yeah. Settle down, bro. You've gone a bit crazy oh, there. Let's yeah. just bring this back in. And then there's other times where I kind of go to, to, to Lauren and be like, well, Maybe we might just want to look at it a little bit differently because you might be a bit fired up at the moment. And maybe we'll wait till tomorrow and we'll get a different result, you know? So we always go back and forth with each other. And I'm sure that's what you guys do in
1: your household, you know? Oh, like yeah, and it's, it's got be It's fun. weird too because sometimes I go up to my boy's house now and I listen to them talking about their waves and I'm just like, oh my God, but I don't want to hear it anymore.
3: That's like, exactly <laughs>
1: for you, but, oh, like, you weren't really that deep, bro. Come on. Like, where's the video? Just show me the clip, you know? Like, I that's know. Yeah, I exactly. <laughs> Yeah, oh, let's get that surf line. Yeah,
0: yeah, let's yeah. get the surfline replays up. You know, if it's not exactly. on there, it didn't happen.
1: Yeah, so that's the that's the pressure of Pipe Two. Yeah? Someone's always filming, man. The cameras always rolling. Yeah, you don't need to. Explain. Yeah, Just want guys-
2: like to show me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you ever surfed Pipeline and 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 not having
0: like an entourage around? Like, you know, have you ever had those low key sessions? Like living there now, obviously moving over from now in and locating there now. Is there any low key sessions you get where there's no one really about?
1: I mean, the only time it's low-key is when it's not good, you know, and when it's not good, it's really, like, um, I don't know. I mean, there's there's there, it's weird. It's, there's, the big scene is, like, it pipe, and there'll be moments where it's just, like, super crowded, and the beach is hundreds of people, and then there'll be moments where, like, there's a crowd in the water, but there's not much people on the beach, you know? Like, there's nobody even around on the beach. Like, the beach is empty. Like, no one wants to walk all the way down there. It's such a long, sandy beach, and the sand is so thick, and the parking lot's kind of small. But definitely, I, I've seen... You know, this winter is the most crowd I've ever seen it, where it's like on when the days when it's really firing at sunset time. It's like there's like th- it's like a huge like it's like an arena, you know, people are screaming on the beach for every wave. And you're just like you can feel the energy like you're like, wow, this isn't even a contest. But it's like there's so many people here watching you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a stadium almost. Hey?
1: Yeah, for it, it is. It's a big stage.
0: So wild, so wild. So sorry, I, I know we've digressed, but let's go back to that comp. And, and you know, you're obviously speaking about we got that 10-point ride in. How did it all go down? Like what were the conditions and what were the vibes like on the day?
1: Well, um sucks. I mean, I, I don't want to talk it down at all because, uh I mean, I should talk myself up. But I really wish that I was there the day of the Eddie because this is the day after the Eddie. But the day of the Eddie, we were kind of doing some stuff. We had to uh, we had to fly into Maui, and we had a bunch of traveling and stuff. But I heard the day before it was just like I, I saw a picture of my friend Vaughn, who I grew up with, was in a wave that looked like man, it looked like Fiji, like cloud break, like I never seen a wave breaking at the bay like that before. So it was like a all time swell that came in, and it was almost too big for the bay. Like there was really only a couple of waves that really hit the reef properly, and most of them were just white watering through. So we weren't really sure how the second day was gonna be. You know, I wasn't sure if it would still be huge or it would have died down or whatever. And um when we when we got there that morning it was it was pretty solid. I couldn't tell. It was like it's beautiful. It was it was in the dark and I was like, Man, is it small? Is it big? But you could just see waves breaking from the from coconuts, like the very like very beginning of the bay, all the way across. Like waves going just all the way across the whole bay, like perfect direction and not something you see very often. You don't see it like all three sections connecting like that. And I kind of knew like, man, it must be either perfect or it's really big. And when the sun came out, it was like good six foot, like perfect six foot. And every now and then there'd be like an eight footer that would come in and like a cleanup set. Some of them are almost too big for the bay. But once the tide like mixed in and all that kind of stuff, like it it really did some, it did some magical stuff. Mm -hmm. Like the wind turned offshore and like, like literally right when the bodyboard heat came out, like all the conditions lined up. And I was just like. Oh my! Because I had to do the shortboard at first, and the, the first couple heats of shortboard, I was so nervous because I was borrowing that guy's board. But I didn't really know he was super cool, and he said, "Yeah, just go for it. It's all good." But it was like a solid $800 board that I didn't really have money to pay for if I broke it. And I was like, "I'll pay you back," but really, I was like, "I'm just not gonna break it." And it was kind of like <laughs> on, and it was like kind of onshore wind, so the barrels were really big. It was pinchy, But yeah. it was pinchy, and it was like thick lip pinchy, and I was like, "Oh man, this is this isn't good." You know what am I gonna do? it's kind of too big to do turns it's like real hollow sections and but anyways yeah so I was like I I ended up like after those heats I surfing through those heats I kind of was like man I really hope it's gonna get a little bit better and then sure enough for the boogie board condition on the heat it just like yeah the offshore wind and the the tide kind of dropped out a little bit and it was just like man it was like there's two sets in each heat where there was three or four waves that were just perfect like mm-hmm. so epic. Who
0: was um who was ripping locally? Like who were the who were the guys that were standing out?
1: Um well to be honest, it was it was mostly um Dave Hubbard, Jacob and I th- I mean I don't want to say myself, but yeah, kinda myself. Um you. and there was yeah. another guy, Colby, who was from the big island and Sick. um bunch of, bunch of
2: local riders.
1: Bunch of local writers and also Andrew Carr, he entered in, the uh Jaws Rider guy. And then um yeah, epic. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was actually a really cool stage to have, but you know, there could have been a lot more good riders for sure. Um, it yeah, was... I think
2: uh, Jimmy Futaf is who own the foam company now, he came for the support, but he was in a contest. But he ended up giving his spot to some local people. Yeah,
1: yeah, because oh, there's really? only there's there's really only like two heats, and there's only enough spots for for them to have two heats which is really sad because you would love to see, like, a whole division for bodyboarding. Um, I wish
2: I could see a Jimmy's drop knee.
1: Yeah, but Jimmy, Leroy, Cody. Um, there are so many Maui guys, too, that are just unreal guys out of the Bay. Um, yeah, even wow. this, you know, what's it, uh, John Michaels, like, he he even couldn't get in. There's so many guys. Miles K didn't enter, you know, and Miles is, like, amazing drop knee guy out there, like, just I don't know. It just I, it, There's a lot of potential for it to be a huge event, but I think it's just a, it's a very small start because nobody was really entering in the HASA contest in Hawaii because there wasn't that big of a division for it and there wasn't that many kids that were entering, so they didn't have the permitting for it. But the, the people that run the HSA really believe in bodyboarding. Um, Auntie Donna, she, she really loves bodyboarding and she wants to make it bigger. And I think we need to rebirth it and kind of get more bodyboard kids and more people entering into those events, the same events that the surfers are doing to qualify into the QS, to qualify into the World tour. And I almost think that can be the future of us, you know, being able to join together with them with these HSA events and having the bodyboarders go into the ISA games and and get more, you know, connected and and have like a full tour. Because these surfer guys, the, the surfing and the HSA have a full tour for each island and then they have a state championship mm-hmm. that's a yeah i was just gonna yeah.
0: ask so the hsa what does that stand for
1: that's the hawaii surfing association
0: yeah cool so cool cool. Like okay a, cool
1: and so you know they have like each for each island has their own division and but the bodyboarding, they've always had the state championship for drop me and they had the state championship for prone and they've had it for like the last like you know i don't know i want to say 20 years maybe more than that
3: yeah
1: but um you know, it's just kind of dying because not that many people are entering in it. Um, it's it's like an amateur event. There's no money involved and everybody wants to be a pro, you know, and it's, it's yeah. kind of hard. It's a long step. You got to go through all these competitions. They don't pay money and you got to pay money to enter them. And, you know, so it's difficult. But it's good for kids. Though, and there's no, no real kids. avenues at
0: the moment. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. But I take your point on board, Mac and I, you know, and I probably could contest to your, current feelings, Ayaka, in regards to not really wanting to compete because of the structure and because of the avenues that you do have to go down to chase a bodyboarding dream and the amount of money that gets placed in your hand to do so and how you have to scratch and save from various sponsors that may or may not come through with the money, um, you know, every year. It's just a super tough situation. So Ayaka you have stated that you're not competing at this current stage. And if things did change in a more grassroots approach, like Mac was just speaking about, and I think we have spoken about it um, in length now for a while, trying to get things back together. If, if if that was to come back in place, would you ever think about coming out of retirement and um, putting the fins back on?
2: Competing, you mean?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm,
2: yes, maybe not for a while. I just want to improve my skill. I'm... I sp- I just think I'm not just good enough. So I just wanna put myself a little training practice for maybe one more two or maybe three years, I don't know how long. And then if I think I'm good enough and I wanna compete again and I'll be back for sure.
0: Ayaka, you're two thousand and eighteen world champion. I reckon you're good enough.
2: No <laughs> I'm not happy about my body body. I think I can do better.
0: Okay, and then what do you need to improve on to get to that um world championship level?
2: I don't know. I just um for now, I just surfing, but I don't think it's enough, so I'm thinking to just do like some like gymnastic kind of stuff. I don't know, but I try I want to try to do everything this year. See what's
0: happened as in so you do your your yoga routine. I know you do a you know a constant core routine and try and keep fit. What else do you think you're gonna incorporate? So you think gymnastics, it, working more on toning your body? Do you feel like you're not strong enough for certain maneuvers? like what what do you really
1: want to refine?
2: I don't know. I just need to search more. What do you think whip?
1: Well, to be honest, like we're we're doing this together and for us, like we kind of made a decision, um, you know no disrespect to Ibc or, or um APB. We always still do a couple of select events if we can because we love we. we Ayaka still loves to compete. I mean, she doesn't really love to compete because it sucks the life out of you, of course, but
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, it, it's, it's not like that. It's just it's a full commitment, you know, when you're competing and you're, you got to fully commit. It's the respect to your opponent. You want to give yeah. your full best ability, you know. You want to really compete in um, You want to be on your 100% health and all that stuff, but it takes a lot out of you, and we were thinking this year, instead of focusing all this energy on competing and focusing all this energy on, you know, like traveling the tour and, and getting waves or maybe not getting waves because who knows if there's going to be waves in the holding period to actually dial down and go on some good surf trips and get some really good waves and get some really good footage and really work on our riding ability and, and watch our videos and see how we're doing and break things down and, and just be in good conditions, you know, and, and film. Yeah,
2: like for me, it's like competition. is not like like my lifetime goal or I want to be like full-time competitor or anything. It's just like... um
1: stepping stone stepping yeah step,
2: step stepping stone i don't know how it's called
1: but it's still a part for me yeah, in my yeah, mind, no, yeah. it's it's still a part of the career for sure and it always will be but there's just like kind of take like a little different approach this year you know
2: yeah like i just want to make bodyboard more bigger and and people get to know bodyboarding how fun is bodyboarding i want to expose the experience that we have so but the competition is like really not exposed right now like unfortunately so we just a little stay out of it and then we're going to expose bodyboarding in a different way that's what are thinking then yeah i, I think I that's
0: go. great i honestly think that's great and and i mean i meant no pressure by my last question in regards to um competing or whatever you know and, and i think you guys are bang on the money when you talk about going on various trips around the world and trying to improve your bodyboarding and much so you know, your inner self and and just travelling and meeting people and new experiences always uh, gives you a a wider, broader view on the world. So I can only imagine helping all aspects of life. Um, And, you know, I do take your point on board too, Ayaka. When you do look at the tour, the IBC are doing a really good job, but at the same time there has been a lot of turmoil, there has been COVID, and it is quite a stretch at the moment when you look at all the tour locations with a budget that is, you know, a shoestring at times to go all the way over Europe and to South America and to compete when you're located in Hawaii and it's much the same for Australia. A lot of riders over here kind of feel that um that tug. But then there's also been the argument I had not argument you know but conversation with Terry McKenna in a previous podcast referencing that they you know when I say they I mean the European and South American contingent of um the bodyboarding world felt like when the APB ran it or the IBC I'm uh, not the IBC the um iba that there was a lot of comps more centered around the asian pacific area so i mean the australian asian pacific area so yeah it's it's a it's a it's a real conundrum the only reason i ask is because you were such a a savage competitor and it would be so cool to see you back on there in the years to come i think you still have so much left like you look at jeff hubbard at 47 just ruling the world right now and um you know like you guys are pretty healthy, pretty in tune. If if you could just keep going and 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 keep improving your bodyboarding, body. imagine at the age of forty seven still competing and getting results like that—it'd be unbelievable. Hey
1: guys, we're
0: back. A very short little interruption. Obviously, being on different sides of the world, northern and some southern hemisphere, we've had a little dropout with the Wi-Fi. But back to our combo. Um, you know, I was just speaking about the world tour and the various organisations and acronyms that have come before the IBC, um, and you know all the different stages and and obviously competitive bodyboarding and what it is currently. Um, yeah, and I, I, off air, Mac, we were just speaking about your experience on the tour previously. Do you want to give us a, an insight into what's going on?
1: Yeah, well, I've been a part of to the tour for like the last three from 2019. Uh, or 2017 to like 2019 so i was only a small part of it um i didn't really do iba i was only a part of the apb and also part of the um, ibc events so um yeah i mean i I actually really thought it was cool i I only joined to do the drop me at first but then ayaka she kind of convinced me like hey i think you can be one of the best riders in the world if you actually try to do it and you should enter in the men's division, you can put yourself up against the best, and you'll be riding with the best all the time. So it's really going to improve your bodyboarding a lot. And, you know, I got to say it really did. Uh, I was riding with, you know. Can you still hear us? Are we still there? Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. I'm I'm sitting back and enjoying it. Okay. Well, yeah, so – um Pretty much though, like it was just it was it was incredible for me. Um, I didn't catch much waves though at first, to be honest, because everyone was so good. And then every time you go to the to the waves, there's like thirty of the best guys in the world out that are all just like hungry to practice for the contest. Um, so it was definitely like it was a new environment. You know, pretty much everywhere you go, it's like the pipeline scene. It's like all the best guys always hungry to catch waves, but that really pushes you. You know, in, in learning and and in surfing and where to adjust yourself in the lineup, and you know, you can always go up to Amari or go up to Pierre, or go up to the big guns and sit right next to them and see where they take off and you can take notes. And, you know, for me, that really pushed my, pushed my level, like surfing with these guys, you know, all year, pretty much falling around, going to waves. that I didn't even want to surf some big heavy waves, <laughs> you know, and then competing in them, you know, and, and, and actually a couple of times surprising myself. you know. I remember like, you are yeah. scared about Alika. Oh, yeah, Rico was like 35 to 40 feet. It not was, at all. It wasn't that big, yeah. Okay, it was it was like 15 to 25-foot faces. Nah, not even. It was, man. It was huge. But
0: I thought
1: it That,
0: from all reports, is a pretty scary wave, even at 6 to 8 foot, let alone like that big. I remember Jackie Baker coming home, who, you know, you guys are oh. good friends with. And, um, man, he was raving yeah. about that place. going super sharp reef, and it's a gnarly heavy wave.
1: Yeah, and it's like all ominous, and like it's always like gray sky, and there's like smells like dead animals everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're just like, dude, I'm gonna die out here. This place is, and you gotta walk like way it's out. Of, it's like way out on the jacks, and there's like rebars in the reef when you're like looking at it. Like you can just see, it just looks like a chaotic shipwreck. Like you're like, this is not a place where you're yeah. supposed to go. Like it's, it's not really
2: welcoming looking. Yeah, it's for like, sure.
1: But but it's amazing. amazing it's, it's beautiful. But it's really hard to read. It. I had the toughest time out there. I can't tell which one is good and which one is bad because they all just are so oily and silky. And, you know, like, I don't know. I, I always thought I loved Reef Breaks and, and I would love, to, I really want to go back to Eureka. Now, like, probably good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but when I first joined the tour, I was terrified. Like, and that was back to my point, too. I really convinced myself to do the tour because my main goal wasn't really to win. I mean, I wanted to win. me. But for the pro, I was just wanting to like get myself good enough that I could ride the waves I always wanted to. I could get deep in the barrel, Honolulu, or I could, you know, maybe catch a wave at Jaws, or you know, all these kind of things. I really just wanted to get to the my goal of being able to be the the rider that I dreamt of myself being, you know. But somehow in Maui, just staying in Maui or not doing the tour, I didn't see myself getting that far. So. Um, I'm still a long way away from where I want to be, but I definitely think that was the great thing about the tour. And the best thing about the tour is it really pushes your, your riding, yeah. you know, being with the best yeah. guys, traveling to those spots. Definitely pushes you
0: and challenges you. And, you know, it's pushing direction now to make an online store, man. Wonder Boogie, can you tell us a little bit about that? And, um, you know, what inspired you to do such a thing and, and how it's all been
1: going? Yeah, Wonder Boogie was just like a YouTube idea. We were doing do like a YouTube channel.
2: Oh yeah, for
1: starting. Yeah, for starting, and I was just kind of thinking how Ayaka's like Wonder Woman, and I just thought Wonder Boogie. Like I don't know why. Right? <laughs> it's like a super, yeah. <laughs> super heel kind, yeah? yeah. just like a superhero kind of theme, um, action stuff, and yeah, it's it. Yeah, was, I, it was much like kind of um next level because she's she's yeah.
0: No, sorry, man. Well, like, uh, like we're a having a ride back yeah. and forth Oh
1: no. Okay. Yeah. So. um but Ayaka, she's like a designer and she's she's really artistic and she kind of took it to another level with designing products and clothing. And um, then we started doing some some boogie board lessons and we kind of thought like, oh, this could be cool. You know, we can do like Wonder Boogie, can be like an apparel line and lessons and maybe even like, you know, a little uh, tour thing or YouTube or who knows? It's limitless, just like yeah. bodyboarding. We even, no limit.
2: We know? even do a kids clinic like once a year, once or twice a year. To give experience to the kids and open the door for the bodyboarding this sport.
1: Yeah, and, and that's kind of the goal too—to be able to you know maybe throw back and somehow give back to the community and give back to bodyboarding because it's given us goal. so much. So we—that's we really so, cool. To, that's so yeah. cool. That's so cool. Where goal, are you guys doing yeah. the clinics at?
2: In uh, Oafu, Waikiki.
0: Epic, yeah. epic. So that's um. I believe if uh, I hope I'm not wrong here, but that's the, the joint with the long, like rolling waves and a lot of people hop on males and stuff.
1: What is that? Can you repeat that one more time?
0: So I, I know our connection's bad, but I was just saying, is that the place um, or the beach, sorry, where you fly in and you've got, you know, those, those long rolling waves, people are learning to surf in there and you guys are taking a couple of clinics out there. Yeah. 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 We were
1: just doing, we've been doing a couple of free clinics. Um, We did one at the, the, and right there in Waikiki, the heart is the uh, walls. Waikiki walls, it's called. That's it's, only allowed for the bodyboarder to surf there. Or body surfing.
2: Yeah. Or oh, body surfing. But it's super sharp and then... And...
1: Nobody body surfs. Yeah, nobody
2: needed body surf. So but it's But there's a million
1: surfing. kids that boogie board and they do stand up, they do drop me. And it, it, it breaks almost every day. It's only, like, only surfable for kids, really, because it's so small and weak. But it literally is always breaking. And it's like a little mini barrel on the reef and goes into the wall. When it is bigger... It can be really fun, and like you know, it's it's a great spot for the kids because it can serve from one foot to like ten feet.
2: Yeah, so everybody can enjoy the place.
0: Oh, Um, that's so cool! And what what kind of numbers do you guys get to the clinics?
2: Ooh, that was a lot. Yeah, like maybe twenty
1: kids. About twenty kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we want to wow. want to do more, like, throughout the islands, you know, and, and we want really to push yeah. it. Um, But I was nervous about running the whole thing, and I was scared the police <laughs> were going to break us in. I mean, it's just a free clinic, but still, it's like, man, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, like. Um, yeah, and, but um,
0: you guys are loving individuals. You can individuals. You would have taken care of those kids. That would have been frothing to have you guys showing them yeah. all the roads and stuff and, you know, only looking over your YouTube channel, like Wonder Boogie and all the episodes you guys have brought out. Like, I had such a good laugh at that. I don't know if it was Andy's or if I don't know if it was somewhere else, but you guys had the Mario get up and yeah, that was so cool. And I love Mario Kart as a kid. So when I watched that, I was just, well, not Mario Kart, but Mario itself. Like, you know, all those animals, Nintendo ones, they're so sick, man. Like, did you guys have a lot of fun? filming that or was
3: how
2: did yeah, that get oh, so, so fun. fun but we film ourselves like each other it was all like selfie and only GoPro part we just collect like hey anybody can volunteer us like you know whoever's surfing a down patrol we just like pick one and like then he helped
1: us filming yeah, Dominic yeah but no but I mean
3: yeah, I honestly,
1: I think that's, that's, just, that's the thing for me with Wonder Boogie is like I just want to have like, like really bring fun with bodyboarding and, you know, kind of showcase the fun of it. And it's not like too serious and crazy. It's all about just, you know, like just like the amazing thing about being able to ride in the nature, you know, and it is just such a good way to let loose and be free. Like style is your style, you know, make it however you want. There is no rule book in style.
0: Yeah, most certainly. And you guys have some of the most stylish riders on the team that you're riding for, obviously with Science and Gyro and Vipers. You know, you've got Mike Stewart and Tanner McDaniel and, and so many cool riders around the world on the brand. How's it all been going and, and how's um this year shaping up for Science?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's been amazing. It's, it's so cool to be a part of this team, like, you know, to have that connection, to be able to talk with Mike and, you know, have, like, connections in Australia. You know, we got friends like Liam Lucas and um, Johnny C and, we also got friends in Chile. You know, we got um, team riders almost all around the world, and and it's it's really cool how we've connected ourselves with them, and mm-hmm. the fact that science has been able to connect us throughout these um you know places in the ocean and all the different waves, and just being able to try out all the different boards and the equipment and having like the best gear. And man, it's I just feel so blessed and honored that they they, they have me supported and are supporting me, and especially now that they're helping me create my own model, and me and my wife can have like our own boogie board models. And um, it's it's really funny, too, because I actually really love Ayaka's model, and it's kind of hard. Like, I, I almost am wondering, like, you know, how how do I promote my board if I'm going to be riding Ayaka's board all the time? And, you know, she's... <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: good for me, you know?
1: Yeah, so we're kind of, like, we're doing a little board trade, and, you know, I, I think that's, like, the, it's, just, it's just such a dream come true, you know? I mean, it has been definitely a, a hard road, because um bodyboarding hasn't really given much money but it's given so much knowledge and so much experience and so much connections that i could never you know exchange for money i don't think
2: and we need to because
1: bodyboarding and yeah I'm, i mean i still can't believe that i i i've met the love of my life and that i've i've you know that i've sealed the deal and that i'm married and like I've, you know it's, it's, sealed the deal yeah like and and plus it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's such a it's such a beautiful thing you know like and I mean it, it it is. It's really bodyboarding is, is our life. It is my life and I, I'm just super fortunate. So I mean it's been it's been going good, I should say that. It's been going really good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you know only what you guys speaking about being a couple and you know, meeting as lovers in, in the bodyboarding world, which is quite rare. Um, you know, you guys being on the, the Real Deal show when you, you spoke Mac about sealing the deal, I only could think about yeah. Jay Real and Vicky and you guys having a yarn and, and that's a great podcast to listen to also, you know. Jay does some really cool interviews, and um, yeah, it was just, it was really cool to see you guys speaking together, because obviously Vicky and Jay are possibly you guys 20, 30 years down the track, you know what I mean? Like, it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was, that was really, really
1: cool. special. How, how
3: yeah,
1: was that, was that really cool yeah. Oh, it was epic, man. It was uh, right before I won the contest, too. I didn't even think I was going to win that contest, and, and I kind of was just talking about how I, I don't really uh, need to do contests anymore, because the sponsors aren't really looking for that. Um, and then, sure enough, I ended up winning that competition, and I was kind of like, oh, maybe we should do more contests. I don't know. You should do contests, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay? <laughs> but, yeah, but no, but it was really cool though talking with them. And um, yeah, you know, J Real is, is a legend, and Vicky's like. I
2: know, it was amazing too. And I, I never met them before, so it was uh, my first time. And have you met before?
3: Or
1: was no, also? but I've heard a lot about J Real. Okay. Um, and I've seen like his, his body work videos. I remember mm-hmm. when the wave pool kind of first came out, they were scoring the wave pool and I was so jealous. I was like, oh my God, these guys are just, like going for it. And the bo- boogie boarders are finally riding. And I thought like surfers only or something. I didn't know why there was no boogie boarders riding in the wave pools. And then they kind of cracked, oh, was, was this, cracked the door um, open. Mike's,
0: when, when, when Mike went to Kelly's pool too, is this the one you're talking about?
1: I know, I think J guys went to Waco. I'm pretty sure it was Waco or something oh, like that.
0: Oh yes, yes, yep, yep, yeah. I saw that footage, and they do a couple oh, of camps there, don't they?
1: Yeah, they've been doing camps and all kind of things, and just like open. It. And that's when I think Tanner guys went. They went afterwards, or I'm not too sure of the actual scoring of it. But I just remember watching their videos, and because you know, I, I'm kind of more the Instagram guy. I'm I'm not really looking through YouTube all the time and searching through that stuff. And YouTube, uh, Instagram is kind of new, so that's where most of the videos are, unless it's like Hawaiian legends. I know a lot of Hawaiian legends, but J. Ruel has is, is always been somebody that I've heard of. And then it wasn't until I actually saw that footage of him at uh, Waco that I really, really got to know them.
0: Yeah, for sure. And he's quite a special commentator too, man. Um, You know, see him on the IBC yeah. and the comms that he covered over in Fronton, and I think he was there for Chile also. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed listening to him and he's very factual and knows his stuff and it has um, some deep knowledge because obviously being competitive for such a period of time and competing against the best with Mike and Ben Saverson and a lot of them, it's um, yeah, it's really cool to see he's still so heavily involved in sport. And I don't think I, I think I heard in that conversation or maybe one he's had recently that he also had a lapse in um, competition, you know, maybe through two, three, four years ago and kind of um, fell off the horse and, and lost a bit of interest and um, you know went more to the free free bodyboarding free surfing style kind of kind of stuff so you know we all go through waves and and we all pick up different passions at different times um yeah you know <laughs> i know you yeah, guys I spoke did... about... sorry i i I, I, God, I didn't want to cut you off
1: oh no i was just gonna say well i'm glad you brought up the point about j real and the commentating because i really agree with, with you and he was amazing commentating um Forget which contest it was. Was it Fronton or the, the last contest they had where he was commentating? Well,
2: Maldives yeah, was Fronton. amazing. Oh,
1: it was Maldives and Fronton. Fronton oh, that's the one too. he went to. Yeah, Ayaki, you're right. My mistake.
0: It wasn't Chile. I think he went to Maldives and he went to Fronton. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, man, it was like a football game. Like listening to the commentator, like yeah. it was like, he had so much information. He was able to like kind of describe everything, every He could break down like. You know, and he wasn't talking about things that, like, were, like, what maybe could be happening. He was just kind of giving actual facts that we had no idea that we couldn't see on the screen. But he could see what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I was just so impressed. And I was like, man, I think bodyboarding is kind of, it's growing. You know, this is really good for the sport that they got this commentator on here. It's very important to have a good commentator. Yeah, and then they have Manny. Manny was really part of the APB yes. and Tezza. But, um, you know, no offense to the other commentators. But it just seems like they, they're really lacking the, 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 that really professionalism you know when it comes to talking and and it is a huge part it really is a big part of the the commentator yeah and the media for sure and i think it'll
0: probably grow you know like obviously broadcasters take um time like anyone to you know master their trade so to speak or their craft so yeah i i I do get to and i guess we probably look at jay real and realize that you know he's into his 50s He's extremely knowledgeable and has done a lot of things. And maybe the other commentators and broadcasters at this current period maybe haven't had the life and life experience or like worldly travel as he has. But um, yeah, like you know, going back to Jay and then to Vicky, I remember having Vicky on the potty, and you know straight away get a really good vibe. Um, she's a lovely person with a lot of um, a lot of joy. And you know, as you guys are doing wonder boogie, they've obviously got their online store over there um, in America and and. E-body yeah, learning, but, yeah, Yeah, e and that's it. And they've got tribe boards. I was just trying to go back in my head. Uh, you know, you have a bit of a mental blank and you have a brain fart. It's the worst when you're in a podcast, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was a really cool chat, Nick. They're really nice people. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope Vicky comes back over to Oz soon with Jay and, you know, comes back and visits Port visits Port Mac her um, hometown because, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard, and we're going to have Damien King on the podcast in the coming days but they're trying to um, reconfigure port max famous break wall which creates you know that amazing right hand rip bowl that um kingy and the joker and a lot of old school vids has um great footage of. like sam bennett learned to surf there chase o'leary jones russell shadden schrader you know charlie holt you could name them all and keep going but um yeah it's there's some big news in australia they're trying to rip down the wall so we're gonna have damon king on um during the wake, so you definitely tune in for that one, guys.
1: Yeah, that was devastating to hear about. Um, I really hope they don't do that. They were trying to do that to freight trains in Maui, too, and we actually fought against it, and they stopped it. They didn't rebuild the harbor, and I think they're still trying to do it. So it's still a continuous fight, and it's, it's really hard, man. It's, 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 you got to put on the business suit and political stuff, and I've never done that before in my life, and I think that's the point Um, where it's coming to bodyboarding, where, where we do have to be professional and be able to actually stand up for our community because it's not just – surfing it's actually the the community and the generations that are to come like these waves are are um you know they're spiritual places they're 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 like a sacred land you know it's not something that you can just desecrate you know like these waves are very important and it's our connection to nature and i think that it's a gift yeah it's a gift it's a gift from god you know and i don't know i think that that's something that kind of scares me that I, i feel like maybe i'm spending too much time surfing and not enough time where i can actually learn to fight for these waves and protect them and you know, I definitely want to tune in here hear about this fight and figure out a way, like, how we can do it. You know, what even is the strategy?
0: I know, I know. There's been so many waves lost to... I guess, look, let's look at it this way. I guess the break wall was probably created by a man-made process, but at the same time, the break wall is so sturdy. The foundations are amazing. You know, there's obviously a bit of trickery going up at state government level, like there always is in politics and big money gets thrown around and egos and yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day you know like this sort of behavior has ruined waves all around the world like there's countless waves in indonesia you know there's a really special one near the airport where they um built a break wall and some sort of um structure out of that and ruined that you know there's been waves in uh morocco i know a couple of waves over in um spain you know like and and that's just a couple to name it's um it's crazy, you know? And but then also, too, you think about this. This is how ironic it is it's going through my head right now, guys. You know why this uh, the superbank's so good up in the Gold Coast of Australia? No, well,
1: it's
0: because they pump the sand into the Gold Coast, they pump the sand, you know? Wow. So they like, yeah. So how's this? I only found this out a couple of years ago and I've been obsessed with it since. Whenever they get a subtly swell up there, not east, so you don't want swell yeah. pushing into the beach, you want a subtly swell. So when they let the sand go around froggies, and over near Fingal, it just floats up the coast with a southerly um, direction and then just perfectly gets placed on the points in, a, in an angled manner, you know. So then it just creates a perfect bank. And they, and they know how to do it. They do it on southerly swells. They set it up and they dredge the river out. And then they make a perfect, almost man-made way. So, you know, I'm probably going is off that, a bit too early
1: the, here. There's one on ways. Is that the point of it just to surf or the point of it is to, like, keep the beach safe? Well, it's been listed as a surfing heritage
0: spot because of the reason when they first tried to dredge the river out, it was really uh, important for commerce and trade in the area, especially through the riverways, to have that clear so fishing boats could get in and out. And so they've they've pumped the sand out, which is great, and then they realise, what are we going to do with all the sand? We've got to let it go. And they're pretty much just creating this whirlpool of sand that constantly keeps topping up the sandbanks. Wow. Wow. Don't you reckon that's wild? That's pretty much like mean, a wave pool almost.
1: I mean, yeah, even, it in, even in Maui, you know, the harbor wave, the harbor is a harbor. It's a man made wave. It wasn't there before. You know, I don't know how the wave broke before, but supposedly before the harbor, it was just a really bunch of peaks and a big beach break, you know, which was probably fun, but I don't know if it's as good as really? double up at the harbor now. Mm-hmm. You know, the harbor yeah, now is incredible. Meat. It's human made. It is, the oh, reason man. why it, is it's right in the channel of the harbor. So the boats go in and wow. out. And then it just sucks off, just like on one of bowls. It just does like a perfect razor edge thing. Where it's not always perfect because it's right in the, right against the wall. So sometimes there's like side wedge, and you know it's kind of like not as perfect as bowls, but it, it's almost you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's it gets good. You've seen videos of it. It's a crazy wave, you know. And that's all. Oh, it's all man made. I mean, the reef isn't man made, but the the channel and the the way oh, the, the whole setup, the whole setup is all man made.
0: Well that, yeah that's sick. I mean if we've only stumbled across that and then we can kind of replicate it in other areas as long as we preserve waves I'll, I'll be happy to turn shitty little waves into to good ones like you know there's been a um, right. Yeah let's let's do a kick. can you think of any waves around your way at the moment you could um you know, maybe well, I, mean, towards
1: I mean the the problem with the harbor is we'd never get swell you know, so yeah, what we gotta do is true. put one of those Australian pumps right in front of the harbor and just pump the waves in, so there's always swell, and we all just pay twenty five <laughs> bucks each. They pay the gas. You I know, would love to join. Just all day. Yeah. it's just like ten wave sets every minute. You know, pump.
0: Boy, one hundred percent. And those things are coming. You know, we had um a fella on the podcast um from um the wave pull up in yapoon surf lights. Yeah, you guys and, um, nice with- yeah, and that one's really cool. That's that's Ben Player's little spot. I think he's a sponsored athlete up there. And, um, wow. you know, that wave's great. And he only explained that the technology can just be scaled upwards and it can get bigger and bigger. So can you imagine three-foot waves now? But can you just imagine? And, you know, seeing all the moves you guys do at um, Waco and Texas, like you guys, like, especially AR, because some of your air forwards, man, and innies are sick out there. So, like, that's a three-foot wave. Imagine... Mm-hmm bringing that to a six to eight foot face you know and that's coming that pretty soon
2: crazy yeah huh?
0: so insane I cannot
2: wait though but somebody need to make it in Hawaii no,
0: yeah oh, making. Put, let's put it this way just put the money you're saving aside and just know that that trip's coming <laughs> up in the next three yeah. to five years you know for sure <laughs> yeah man a I can't wait day.
1: I really hope they put some good wedges into it, too, because I think the side wedges are the biggest thing when it comes to making the waves incredible, and that's one thing that always fascinated me was side waves, you know, and I don't know, I just think that that's, like, there's not enough, I don't see enough side waves in these wave pools, like, they need more wedging ramps. Wedge, Yeah. Yeah. one thing that was yeah, cool about Waco true. was they had, like, the freak peak, but even that could be, like, even more wedgy, you know, like, they could make it, like, a super sick, like like Newport wedge, but it wedges like five times, like all the way down the beach. So you just got like this yeah. endless super wedge, you know, super wedge. Those wedges. Oh are man, I think it's, <laughs> it's
0: definitely coming. Yeah. Like I, I can't agree with you more when you see a wedgy wave and you see like two or three peaks where you can link them up. It's, obviously unbelievable and you see some of the best boogs do it but you know that wave pool up at surf lakes they're trying to build um because it's like a big plunge they've got like four different or five different waves in the same facility mm. all made for different waves so you've got like male waves shortboard waves boog waves you've got like beginner waves it's it's catering for everyone
2: yeah that's amazing
0: yeah. can you imagine well, yeah, i know we're talking about crowds before can you imagine how busy it's going to get though that's the one thing i've been thinking like you know you're gonna have not just like coastal surfers or coastal body or coastal Nilos or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're have just you surf- gonna have yeah. Sorry, what, what was that, Mac?
1: I was gonna say, have you surfed the wave pool a little before? Like have you been to one or
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So um we did Melbourne, um, the one at Urban Surf, which is pretty fun. I haven't done Yapoon. Um, but you know, speaking of the Urban Surf one, you know, funny you mentioned that. We're going down on the 24th of Feb for the NMD board testing day um, and we're going in the afternoon. And so there's a lot of settings on that wave pool and it kind of goes from, you know, beginner, uh, beginner, intermediate, intermediate, advanced, advanced turns and it goes to beast mode. And beast mode supposed to be like the ramped up version where you've seen the videos of like Liam Lucas or you've seen the videos of Winnie or, you know, like really a lot of the science guys, um, you know, down the Shade and Trader also. But like w- this session on the 24th, um, Benny and Winnie have, have said that it's supposed to be boosted up from a, um, a beast mode, and it's going to be the section up. And they're only just saying what you were just mentioning before in regards to adding on an air bowl that crumbles at the end. So instead of just running into fat water, that end bowl it just doesn't barrel; it comes actually at you. Wow,
2: yeah. that sounds that cool. sounds sick.
0: Yeah, look That's again. <laughs> yeah, oh man. You should... Yeah, actually, there are tickets Wait, left. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, come on over. you got a place to stay at ours. We'll Roll out the couch for you.
1: Sounds good. <laughs> Where's tickets? Where do we find these tickets at?
0: <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure they're on uh, the NMD website. And look, if you just um, DM Winnie or B.P., I reckon they'd be more than happy to help you. They're probably not me. Probably not Is happy Do you. Think,
1: but we're going to be writing science boards. You think they'll let me join I'll us? Te- join. I'll test NMD, but I'll, I'll just did you know was, what? Uh,
0: that's a true science lover i (laughs) I also ride um a different board i I ride hand bodyboards and you know i love them i've been with them for ages but um like i would be happy to go down for the day and just give it a go as long as the photos don't get distributed or nothing comes out of it i'll just be happy to take the experience because you know like Mm -hmm. man why not try a different core from a different brand or a different tail type and then go hey I liked it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Was I was to really
3: to.
0: Yeah. 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 Let's do it, man. Because they've got like, you know, they've got V-tails. Um, there's the, the fly tail. And Winnie was explaining on other potty um, about all the different – and even like going back to bat tails. Like, you know, I haven't tried one in so long. And Ayaka, I've seen you use them regularly. Like, what do you love about bat tails, man? Because i got to get back into it.
2: Oh yeah, so I grew up in Japan in Japan, you know, it's super small wave and no power at all. So like we kind of grew up Bat-Tail, basically. And I met O-Ch-Tail when I was like maybe like teenagers some some and I started to used to like it because I started to join a wall tour, but I get back to the Bat-Tail now because I just wanted to get back to the roots. Then I back started back to the roots. Back to the, roots. <laughs>
0: <laughs> back to the where it all yeah. began.
2: Yeah. Then I started to use bat tail again, and I realized, oh, this is so fun, right? It's like just fun to do every maneuver that I always do in an arch tail. It's just maybe a little more challenging because more volume. But if you can control it, like you can take it to another level. So I'm in the process right now.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, I, I, <laughs> when I say yeah, man, obviously I obviously mean yeah, buddy, or yeah, yeah, girl, or whatever. I just want to say, yeah, man. <laughs> the fucking yeah, first Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, man. Yeah, I apologise. Yeah, bruh. Yeah. Yeah, woo, 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 woo. But um, you're so mm-hmm. right with the size of the board too. You know, when I hop on a surfboard, I always ride a fatter, thicker board just because it's easy to get into a wave and it provides more speed, you know. Where with a, a bat tail, like you look at some of the world's best, like Damien King, you look what he did when he won the 2001 mm-hmm. Shark Island Challenge. You look what he did when he won Tahiti. You look what he did when he mm-hmm. won two world titles. He rode a bat tail a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's there. Jeff Hubbard at the moment. Wooshka. I'm pretty sure Tristan is talking about getting on a bat tail. Mitch has been on oh, a bat really? tail. Mitch Rawlins. Dave wow. Winchester's on a bat tail. Like, there's a secret there, and I think you're tapping into it. I'm... I'm spinning out now. I just named some really good names and I need to go get one right away. Yeah.
2: Okay, go get it.
0: Ayaka flat, flat bat. Yeah, 41 yeah. So and that's, yeah, okay, and 42 inch, beautiful. No half sizes, just going for the clean cut.
2: I think so. Or maybe it's a half size. I forgot, I'm sorry. Well, we would it's like we boy. would like to have
1: every size, you know, but it's a small industry, so we're we're working our way up there. Yeah.
0: Oh, dude, for sure. My um, my uh, boss, uh, a fellow work well, Sean Cooper. Lord, I've mentioned him a couple of times on the potty, but he um, he struggles to get boards. You know, he wants like forty and a halfs, um, forties, thirty nine and a halfs. You know what I mean? Varying. Like, I think he rides a thirty nine every now and again. Like, he's a fella that enjoys a smaller board and rips yeah. on himself. Like, he surfed the wave down near Wollongong, um, won't name names because, you know, we don't to be blowing it out, but he serves it better than anyone. And um, he struggles with those boards, you know, and he struggles with the half sizes. And, Mac, you're mm. so bang on, man. It doesn't pay to go through those sizes because you've only got a small market. And as you said, it's a small market to cater to for already. So why fuck around with the small sizes, you know? It's kind of – it's a hard one.
1: I mean, and that's kind of the reason why I think I ended up doing so much stand-up boogie and drop knee because I never even realized what you could do laying down on the boogie board. You know, I didn't really think about that like until I saw Jeff and Mike and videos. But when I was a kid, like it was just like this boogie is like meant for standing up and drop knee. It's not really—it's so big, like it's not really meant for laying down on this thing. There's no, there's not very many kid boogie boards, you know. But now there's a lot more. I see a lot of kids like with a setup, you know, they got fins, they got leashes, and I'm like, oh yeah, this kid's got a potential. He could rip, you know. Yeah. I didn't really get that until yeah. I was maybe twelve.
0: Yeah, and
1: what kind it's
0: of really – Yeah, no, I know, but some people start at like 5, 4, 5 or even younger. But on, yeah. everyone starts at a different time. What kind of size boards do you like riding, Mac? You know, like do you take a bigger board out for Stoogie or do you, do you look to get a smaller oh. one for Prone?
1: Yeah, I mean, now I actually really love – I've been riding my 41 half, but I really love 42. Um, but I do feel like it's a little too big sometimes for, for Prone. Um, but my board has been kind of thin though, so it's still working really good. It's just that the 41 half, like when I do my backflips, it just, I, I can turn around really quick. But with the 42, you're like, it's just a little extra board. But for drop knee and prone and for airy verses or inverts, like everything, I've never really been good at backflips. But for some reason, my, <laughs> my, my 41 half, I can do pretty good backflips. But the 42 is like, Every time I do them, I have a tough time, like, turning it around, you know. But I can do every other trick in the book. I don't know why. Yeah, you better understand
2: the back clip. Yeah,
1: the backflip is technical, man. I don't know. It it looks so easy when Tristan does it. But But uh... Mac
2: does, like, best backflip in a 0.5-foot wave, though. Oh, microwave. Nobody can beat him in a 0.5-foot wave.
1: Yeah, (laughs) the ripple ripper. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly, I know. And backflip is a hard move, isn't it? Like, you know, a lot of times... Look back on footage and you see people that do it really well. And um, I've been told this before. I remember Sam Strachan actually mentioned this to me from some of the Sunny Coast boys, and the late Mitch Payne actually saying it to him, He was a filmer here in Australia and he died recently. Um, you know, he was a really good friend of Sam's, and, and um, he spoke about how you would always, if you were going right, you would always put your head. Um, when you went back on the back, you slightly more to the left, so you rotate straighter. And if you were on the left, you would put it slightly more to the right so it balanced mm. you out. And, like, those little directional things that you watch Tristan yeah. or PLC or Liam Lucas do, we all know how well he backflips. Like, you can see they do um, follow the same path every time. And it, and it does look so easy, but, man, that's hard to master.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that every wave is different. So it's like you finally got it dialed. You're like, man, I'm landing it every time now. And then you go out there and you just can't find that same lip ever again. Or, like, when you hit it, like, something – I don't know. It's just – it's crazy how – you know, the ocean is always changing. So to really, to be adaptable to it, it's a really talent, it's a it's a very um, underrated talent, I feel like, mm. you know, and a lot of guys in Hawaii, not a lot of guys, but I hear from some uncles saying how they think the ARS is easier because the backflip is just the back flop. You know, you're just going up and you just look back <laughs> and you just flop and you land back. It's not even a full move, man. You just do like a little- That's a Hawaiian ankle yeah, thing, you know, but I don't think they've ever really done a proper backflip where you've actually, you know, mastered it. And it is true though, if you do everything right, it's amazing how it just feels so good and it just kind of just flows right through, you know, but to be able to do it consistently and on massive sections
3: and, perfect.
1: and perfectly is insane, you know, and especially being able to cross your leg. Like I know there's definitely some guys that are going to argue with me about the cross leg thing, but I think, you know, showing that commitment, being able to be tight and then landing loose, like doing all that in one move is just like, you know, it just shows that you're, you're full committed, you're full, like, um,
2: control, control
1: and, yeah, and then you're
2: you're not you're you're I
1: don't know you're just in the moment you know. And it's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's when beautiful, yeah. So yeah, definitely working yeah. on those flips. <laughs> yeah, for sure, we do. and it's an interesting.
0: Yeah, oh man, everyone I'm sure everyone is even maybe not Jake Stone, but most people are for sure. Um, <laughs> <Yeah. and laughs> Jake Stone it, is next and... level. Yeah, oh, like, I'm going dude. for the
1: double backflip, please.
0: Yeah, get the yeah, and Which he would be was a, a guy. Thing
1: too.
0: Yeah, you know it, it was. You know when you're describing before in regards to someone who looks like they're in the moment. Jake, uh, whenever he did a backflip, looked like he was in the moment. I know Ty Lander-Richardson-Plasto, um, a filmer over here in Oz and, you know, a legend of the of the game itself would always say, Jake, uh, when he was on, he was on, and when he was in that mode that he just looked so graceful and effortless, you know, and and backflips are one thing. But, you know, going back to your local fellas, Mac, and, and everyone um, saying ARS is a – harder and backies aren't really a move. You know, I haven't heard that um, argument before, but you know
3: <laughs> Yeah.
0: No 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 but I mean I'm I'm fully respecting it because it's like, you know, they're they, they are correct when you think of it. Not correct. It's it's a it's a validated point I reckon though because you go into the the air roll spin you go up and hit that lip you're thinking about your role i know you can kind of sometimes cheat and just twist your body but you do have to do it stylishly like talking about crossing your legs and trying to be tight to the board and having no space between your torso and the actual deck of the board and stuff and you know i understand because you know you remember like maybe in the mid 2000 teens ben played in a pipe season uh, hawaii season he was staying down in his one of his usual places just down um further down in the beach park and um, he just did this ridiculous ARS and I don't know if you yeah. guys remember it like do you remember that?
2: No we're like oh. 17, 16,
0: I'll, we don't remember. Yeah it. I wish I could get a date up for I wish I could actually show the listeners and yourself um, the clip now but it was in one of yeah. his yeah, he's many cliffs, man. You know, he serves pipes so well, but this ARS he did really got me captivated thinking that was the most stylish, effortless thing I've seen, but it did have two moves in it. It had the roll and it had the spin, where if he did a backflip there, it would have been amazing because it's a 10-foot pipe bowl and he would have gone flying too, but there were two elements to the move instead of just a one. So, you know, the
1: local boys might, might be onto something there. Yeah, when you do it correctly, like, if you do, like, a big roll and then a spin with your legs crossed, you know, like, it's just, like, man, it looks really technical. Like, you know, it's, like, yeah. a two-two, it's a big maneuver. Big it's a maneuver. really big maneuver.
2: And what Jeff does all the time at the pipe, it's snorry, it's beautiful looking, but... Yeah, but I do feel like there's a
1: little more control to it, you know, because it's a flowful maneuver where flow. you're kind of going with the flow, whereas, like, the backflip, you're almost going against the flow sometimes, you know. You're doing all this yeah. motion and you're landing backwards and then you're... You know, so for me, it's the landing is really technical. Maybe not the maneuver itself, but the landing is like you never really know and you're really going into the blind spot there. Um,
0: Dude, you know, speaking about the landing and talking about all the um, debate on tour this year, well, last year in 2022 in regards to backflips and how they're being overscored, I really like your point there about the landing because you remember Tristan in it was either the quarterfinal or the semifinal at Fronton, and he was in against the more and he had to do that ridiculous flip but almost kind of a really controlled ars where he landed straight back into like the pocket of an eight footer and then turned around and rode out of the barrel just to get eaten on the end and they awarded it do you guys remember that wave?
1: i think that was this year's front that was this year's front time contest last one yeah. or it was last ones no it was yeah yeah like ago. in
0: 2022. 2022 oh yeah last year
1: yeah 2000 <laughs> well, this yeah, year, the last contest
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you remember that? Because that really speaks to your point, Mark, like where the landing was so critical. And I loved how they awarded the score because he fully committed in the zone, you know what I mean? And and didn't try and do the easy backflip off the side out into flat water. He was like ARS stylishly into an eight foot pit and, and turned back around, you know? Yeah,
1: you know, it's always... A- freaking tricky call man when it comes to landing especially when the waves are that big and that gnarly it's like yeah he landed so, then the whitewash ate him but he landed but then if he wrote it out he would have ended up from the rock so like you know it's 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 really such a thin line and it's so hard for them to judge but I, I do think that that shit should be awarded bro it's full sending commitment and he stuck it to the point where he was able to turn around and show mm. that like hey i'm still on this thing but i'm gonna bail because i'm about to die right now because i just did it in the most <laughs> critical possible section <laughs> yeah. ever you know, but sometimes yeah, the judges sure. say it doesn't count. You know, yeah. sometimes you got to fucking hold on and like gotta like write it out just to prove to them like, hey, I'm still here. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've done a huge trick and then got eaten the white water and been trying so hard to hold on and then couldn't hold on because the white water you're just holding your breath forever and then the white water just doesn't let you go. But I'm like, man, I really think I should deserve some points because I, <laughs> I landed pretty clean and then the white water hit me. You know, but. I, I usually don't get the score for those ones they get yeah, like a get like a one or a two so you I, gotta land on the rock. yeah so it is, it is a tough <laughs> call, you know? it's hard to know like what counts and what doesn't count and you know i mean yeah i, mean, I, yeah. I don't know if this is i'm pretty sure jeff when he won that zika tele contest he got like a eight or a nine or a ten or something with the area verse he didn't even land he just sent it and they gave him a score the one where he took out Roger really? Hardy.
2: He landed it, though. He landed it and it came out from the white water.
1: Oh, he did he come out stuck. from the white water.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, because in the footage, it looked like he didn't land. It looked like he just sent You're we
2: going to watch it till the end.
1: Oh, okay. Well, yes. You guys can not quote me on that one, but we'll definitely check that footage out and see what I'm talking yeah,
2: about. Yeah, it's not. Oh, right man, well. it's
1: worth just it going back and looking at that comp. How sick was that comp? Yeah,
2: that's, that's a good, that's a good comp to get amped comp. on
1: YouTube if you want to watch yeah. a good contest. Zika Taylor Polo
2: 2012. That's my favorite, favorite contest.
0: Were, were you guys there that year? Were, were you there? No, no, no I
2: wasn't, no, I I wasn't even, there. I wasn't even doing a world tour that year. I was, like, maybe 14 or 13 years old. Oh, or, yeah. Or 15. I'm not sure, yeah, how old I was.
1: Yeah. Dude, yeah, as you could tell it's crazy, man. I can't believe that those waves were huge in that contest, too. It was sick that they were Especially now that I've been there and actually seen, like, what it looks like in person, you can really understand, like yeah that, that place is gnarly yeah like it just looks like sand and a beach break and not that heavy like you just think oh it's sand i could charge anything you know and, and it's, it's conc- perfect but concrete it's not even that it's concrete it's just that it's like dude the ocean is big and there's peaks everywhere and the current is so strong and like you just like get trapped in the toilet bowl and like as soon as you pop up another one comes and then another one comes and then you think you're safe and then a the set comes and then you get stuck on the inside but you can't get in and you can't get out you're just like pl- you're like you're like stuck in a rat trap you know you it's pretty. It's pretty intense. Like not catching the wave itself, but just being out there. Like after you get pounded, like you get stuck in the impact zone. It's really hard to get out of it.
0: Yeah. No. I've I've heard I've heard so many accounts, guys. Like it's supposedly just um, all the water coming into that bay has got to go somewhere and it get ripped straight out. And there's, you can have shifting peaks and you can have rips turn up out of nowhere. But when you get the right one, you get the right one. And it looks like a it's like a hail mary. They look so cool once you um once you commit and race through one of them.
1: Yeah. And I haven't been like to amazing spots in Australia yet. Cause that one time we went, we got super skunked, but, um, you know, and, yeah, I, and yeah, I haven't, yeah. I haven't scored. To me, right? Yeah. Oh, so sad. <laughs> and, and I haven't, I haven't, I've seen jaws going off, which is probably the most amazing wave I've ever seen in my life. Like when it was really doing its thing, but Mexico though, as you could tell this last trip, there was a swell that came in that it was just like, I've never seen waves that good where it's just like a cartoon, like the things are just insane, like huge barrels, like just giant, top to bottom, 25 foot face, like literally top to bottom and square. And, you know, I don't think waves can get like that anywhere else. I mean, it's just insane how they mm-hmm. break like that. Like even Nazare, when it gets that big, it starts to crumble. But Zika just throws this freaking, there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of potential out there to just get craziness. Yes. It's insane. It's an insane place.
0: Yeah, and a lot of energy gets focused into a very small area,
1: doesn't it? Like it all comes together. Yeah, yeah. it's freaking, and it's, it's, yeah, it, it, the crowd will never get too bad because it's freaking gnarly, bad guys. It turns so
2: many call yeah. in, it's just huge, and they never get crowded over there.
1: It's not. Have you had gnarly. some of
0: your um, scariest moments out there, guys? Like, have you had a couple of sessions or some wipeouts where you're like, I don't know if I'm coming up from this?
2: Yeah, I was definitely scared when I tried my first time over 20 foot puerto by myself that was I was scared but i'm super happy i pushed the limit
0: that yeah, is pushing and- the limit like that is serious pushing the limit was there many other people out ayaka
2: what's that not i'm really visible. was there
0: many other people out
2: oh uh, only the big wave surfer was out there so like it's With pretty chill yeah done. everybody know each other because only like people paddle out over 20 foot it's like whoever kind of crazy or whoever love get pounded or whoever love to get the huge barrel. So pretty cool vibes <laughs> over there.
0: Yeah. Yes. Never and, also, about it. And, and sorry, also too, you not having a vest on and looking around and all those other big wave surfers do, how did you feel at, at that time? Did that come into your mind at all?
2: No, actually, no, because I, wanted to use my body and my mind and everything and if i couldn't handle if i couldn't paddle out there and i don't deserve to serve that size you know what i'm saying so yeah no, I, full
0: respect to that
2: yeah i don't really like to put best but now like i'm thinking like i'm getting old and like
1: it's good to put the best or helmet you you're
0: know, getting you old know? you're 27 aren't
1: you yeah. She's not getting old. She's she's not twenty seven. She's twenty-one. But that the problem is is that she has a husband who told her that she should wear some flotation in case something happens. It's so pretty at least pretty much find her. She's like, I don't need it. I don't need it. But you know, you have people that love you and, and man, I get terrified watching her surf freaking humongous waves. She's a tiny little girl and she's charging without a vest, without a helmet on waves that can fucking kill you, bro. They're like I don't care how good you are or anything, it's, it's you know, the ocean is, is crazy, and she never thinks she's going to die in the ocean, and I respect that, and I know that you won't, but I just still can't yeah. help but get scared, because I've, I'm i scared, you know, I'm tucking my tail, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm good, I don't even want to surf today, she's like, really, let's just go catch one, I'm like, that's oh, not worth it, you're going to fucking die, there's no point to go out there, she's like, <laughs> it? Yeah. and she's like, oh, I'm telling you, it's beautiful, and you know, a lot of times she's right, you know, you go out, and you're like, wow, it is amazing, but There was a one time in Mexico where the waves were freaking huge. And I was like, if you want to go out, I'm just going to film you. Like, I'm not going to go out there. And then that's when she got burned by one of the local guys. And then, like, I was, like, literally, like, wanting to, like, fight the dude. Because I was like, she's going to fucking die. She dropped in the her. That was naughty. Yeah. You know, but then she's ready. She's training for it. But for me, in my mind, I'm just, like, terrified. And then I see someone, like, deliberately, like, burn her and then, like, she just gets annihilated and like, I don't know. I was just like, I was like, man, I was in such a situation. I'm like, holy crap. And I don't know. She was fine. But it was just, it was heavy. You know, there's a lot of heavy times. And that, that's kind of why I push for her to wear safety equipment. Because it's, it's not safe out there, the ocean, you know, on those big waves. It's lakes.
2: not safe. Yeah. It's good
1: to have a best. It, it was. There is a point, you know, but, you know, we, we've lost some friends already, you know. And it's getting to that point where you're pushing your level and you're pushing mm-hmm. your abilities. where Exactly. It takes more than you know. If you really wanna, if you really wanna push it, you know, it is good to have that safety involved.
0: Yeah, safety nets there has got to be there for sure. And you know, I mean, you know, they just saw Amore recently donned the helmet after um, a close friend over in Fonton passing away. You know, yeah. Um member of the community there. So yeah, it's, it's super serious. And a lot of the uh, wipeouts that we take, we kind of take for granted. How often we just pop up and dust ourselves off? But um, there's going to be one that. Not going to be fun, you know. I've had a couple that haven't been fun, and um, you don't see them coming. And when they hit you, you realize how serious the situation is, and it kind of humbles you. So, yeah, man, and yeah, Ayaka, put a vest on, all right?
1: <laughs> I, I for me, it's just a new cool thing, you know. That's right? cool. Right? You yeah, maybe we, we
2: lap, you know. We yeah. represent the bass and helmet for the safety first and enjoy the ocean. Yeah, that's good. Yes. Tony Hawk wore a helmet, you know, and
1: he was pushing the level. But, yeah. Man, 900s, eh? Yeah. I mean, I'm still – I was kind of one of those guys that was against helmets, and I kind of still am because guys burn me more when I had my helmet on. But, um, you know, I just – Do that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah they kind of see a boogie boarder with a helmet. They're like, hey, this fucking oh, guy. Man, cool. Oh, this guy's fucking scared. I'm going to go, you know. And I'll be like, <gasps> oh, shit, okay, he's actually going. Like, you have to, like, kind of – if I don't have a helmet on, I don't have to say anything. But if I put my helmet on, I have to say, like, hey – look out, oh, you know, otherwise they're just going to go for it. They're like, this guy's not going to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, wow.
1: Isn't it funny? Eh?
0: Like, you know, I have paddled out spots too on a surfboard, treated a certain way, paddled back out on a bodyboard, treated a different way. You know?
2: <laughs> yeah, or, uh, totally, way. totally, totally.
0: You guys must get it around home a fair bit too because all the different crafts you ride, like are there times where you see people that don't, aren't really from there but are kind of from there, you don't really see them that often and they see you on certain crafts and
1: see you on other crafts and they act differently. Oh, yeah. Well, in Maui, it was different because I grew up there and I knew everyone. And we everyone in Maui kind of surfs everything. Like, people windsurf, they they surf, they kite surf, they skim, they boogie, they they do it all, you know. But in Oahu, it's a lot of people that don't live here. There's a lot more people that don't live here than do live here. And we've been experiencing a lot of that, uh, what is that called? I want to say racism, but pretty kinda much kind of like surf racism, yeah, towards boogie boarding and surfing. And there's a big uh, segregation involved with that, for sure.
3: Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's
1: I mean, soccer. But it's cool though, because, you know, the waves can really separate the riders and, and, you know, there's certain spots where the surfers don't like because it's too shallow and the boogie boarders love it. So we, we've we been finding our zones where, you know, we can actually avoid those surfers and the people that we do surf with at those spots, they're usually good enough that they they understand and, and respect the actual riding that's going down and they appreciate and they want to watch, you know, like we all kind of enjoy watching each other surf, you know, it's not like a battle, mm-hmm. but on the smaller days, when there's not that much waves or that kind of stuff there's just so many average joes out there and it's funny it's always the kooks that like end up like kind of like calling you a clown and you're all like buddy you know you just called the world champion a clown like dude like why would you burn her like she was waiting for an hour and you just burned her and then you told her she's a clown like are you kidding me oh they just told me i'm not from here yeah and I, my feeling is hard and it's hard because she really isn't from here. You know, she's from Japan. But, I mean, like, we're all from this planet, bro. Like, how do you feel? Like, a lot of people never really traveled that much in their life, you know, and they they say things like you're not from here or, or that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, good luck going to another place and, you know, having that kind of vibe always aimed at you. It's not going to feel very well, good, you know.
0: Definitely. And it's going to come back in spades to you know. That could come in the water. Like, let's put it this way. And we all know it, and you touched on it before with the Coot Cormac. Whenever you see – a pro surfer, a pro bodyboarder, anyone who has reached the top level of their craft, they're humble in the water, they're rarely ever like, you know, snake in your burn you. Like I know there are the odd occasion, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that's a blanket statement for everyone, but usually in waves of consequence when bodyboarders and surfers and all watercrafts come together, when there's a level of respect there from the good guys it's a great session. It's when you've got those mediocre guys out there that just carry on. There's certain waves around the East Coast at the moment that you can get to by jet ski that a lot of people do come from an average nine-to-five job with not much of a surfing background but hear about this wave, hear about this chase, hear about towing surfing and then just want to put the desk job and the suit and tie down for the afternoon and go chase 10-foot slabs. Well, they're (laughs) the ones causing problems. You know, they're the ones like getting in the way or not understanding the etiquette out of those sessions. And, yeah, like, you know, you only have to look at Noah Dean. You know, he's he's an unbelievable surfer. He's obviously spent a fair bit of time in Hawaii recently. You guys might have run into him. He's almost the antichrist for surfing because he is bringing bodyboarding and surfing closer together. It's unbelievable the way he has herald bodyboarding as – the most influential or one of the most influential aspects of the way he rides a surfboard you know i see him down some local waves down the south coast all the time over the last 12 months you know he takes to waves that bodyboarders do and only the good ones do and takes the same line on a surfboard and the way he speaks about bodyboarding and 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 shows people around the world that you can be extremely good at one thing but also respect the craft of another in serious waves and you know, that needs, what, that needs to happen everywhere. Like, fuck this attitude where the separation yeah. occurs, you know. It's unbelievably childish. It is so stupid. You know what I mean? Do. We're all there for the right reason, or well, most of us are. Let's have a fucking good time and not worry about the craft run. As you said, respect everyone. Respect the way they ride a wave and respect their skill level.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's, 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 it's hard, man, because surfing is something that's like I don't know. I speak for myself on this one, but I really feel like surfing is something that you need to learn at a young age to really be able to surf good. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't really see many people that start off in their 20s or their 30s that are able to surf good because it's something that you need to learn. It's like a language, you know, with the ocean. It's it's something that – and I feel really sad about it, and I wish that more people could be connected, you know, and I get depressed thinking about it because for me, I feel like – we are the surfing planet. Like, there might not be any other planet in the whole freaking universe that has an ocean with waves, dude. Like, this is the one special thing about our planet that we can ride nature. We can ride the energy. The else. energy of There's nothing else in the... There's no other... You know, does Venus have... Like, there's There's no other planet in our solar system that has water. You know, we are the water planet. And, like, the fact to think that not everyone is riding it, you know, is kind of, like, trippy for me because I, I really think that's, like, the one special... The most special gift about us is that we can ride nature. We can be a part of Mother Nature. You know, mm-hmm. we can actually... You know, so I don't know. Like, and and I think that's something that sucks for a lot of these guys that we so-called kooks are, are guys that just haven't really been born into it. You know, and when you're born into it, it's so different. Um, you learn so different.
0: such a name, it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just to take to your point, Mark. It's natural. We're 70% water. We are meant to be in the ocean. We kind of came from the ocean. I'm not saying you know living a life out in the outback is can't be as wholesome. You can't be connected to the ground if you've got your feet on the ground and you're immersed in nature for sure. Um, you're going to have a similar connection because there's energy there, but <clears throat> you know, to me, the most pure way is hopping in the ocean, and you get stoked when the water's super clear and and you can dive under and just feel immersed in cleanliness, just in like nothing unnatural about it, you know, like there's so many things that you do in your life where you cover yourself in shit and it's all crap and <laughs> do, you know, and then like you hop in the ocean and everything's clean. You walk on sand. I know people hate sand. I know it gets in places, but it naturally exfoliates your whole body. Like if you've got issues with your skin, I suggest you go down to the beach and just have a uh, have a dip in the ocean every day and just scrub yourself with sand for a couple of minutes and you'll see a fucking huge difference. I know that sounds crazy, but it's the same thing that people buy in exfoliating tubes, you know, and um, – beauticians and stuff when they have in the shower those little microbeads and stuff like it's all there around mother nature it's it's all there to be utilized you get seaweed from down the beach don't take more than you need but you can utilize that for your dietary issues it can help with um you know putting nitrogen into your body and allowing you to uh fill your gardens you can you know break down so many things with it my, my, my point being my rant my ramblings are that like it's it is a way of life and it isn't just something you pick up later on and until unless you're going to immerse yourself fully in it and you're going to go 100 percent, because people grow up with it and they realize they need it in their life they don't usually hop in later on and well they can hop in later on but just just not taking the whole experience i think that's what you're getting at mac they're not taking in the meditative state of it so to speak
1: yeah, and I do think I—I I, you know, don't speak for everyone because there are some guys that are taking in the meds, um, you know, pace of it, and they're—they're actually even investing. In it. They're taking—they're doing lessons, you know, they're—they're they're trying their best to learn and educate themselves. instead so of just hopping out there and being like, "I can do it," you know. I'm a born talent. They don't really know how challenging it is. So I have respect for the guys that actually pay for a lesson and, and really want to learn and go down deep into it, or you know, like are, are taking time to educate themselves in the culture and. You know, and, and especially any new surfer is great because they can connect to the ocean. They can get that special feel and they can want to try to protect it more. You know, they can see all the little pieces of the plastic that's in the water. They see all the pollution and, you know, they want to be a part of it. And and I think that's the biggest thing is getting all of us on the same page. And, um, you know, it's really cool, too, what Ayaka is doing with the sunscreen. And she's making this, you know, environmentally safe sunscreen and it's good for your skin. And, um, you know, that's something that is good. You know, we can invite more people into surfing, more business or more scientists or more guys who, you know, are involved with it. And, you know, so I, I'm not discouraging, of course, new guys to surf, but I, I do feel sad for some of guys too that they just don't get the full experience. So I do encourage for those guys or for any new surfer to try to take a lesson with a really good um, teacher, you know, or if you want to take a good boogie lesson, you could sign up for me and Ariaka's boogie lesson, of course. In Hawaii. In Hawaii. And we'll, we'll take you guys on a great experience, you know, and show mm-hmm. you guys the, the proper way and get you some really good equipment and, and play some good waves too.
0: But Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Really- yeah
0: (laughs) definitely definitely and and i would encourage anyone listening to do the same too like you guys would hold an amazing lesson and the places you take will be epic and i I think to the point yeah you know obviously there is the exception of people coming in from the side of the sport later on and enjoying it and you know they can probably get to that stage if they really want but i guess you know back to your point and, and the examples given when you're younger you just absorb things and it becomes a way of life you know like it's as the saying goes it's harder to Um, teach an old dog new tricks you know and it it can be done but it just life gets too busy so yeah when you're Mm. kind of immersing it from that younger age it it does really help but um you know we're probably coming up towards the end of the potty guys um i just wanted to thank you dearly for your time i know it's probably getting a little bit late over in hawaii and i appreciate you accommodating me um with the uh different time zones you know it's been a great chat here in luke's lounge and you know i just wanted to Give a huge shout out to you guys um in the whole bodybuilding community because as we said off or as I said to you guys offline previously, you bring a lot of stoke, you bring a lot of good vibes, you're always good energy. All the content you bring out on your Instagram and TikTok and YouTube has always been um always brought a smile to my face, you know. And I actually sit there and, and watch it and don't flip past it, which a lot of things I do so flip past that. on a regular basis. So yeah, I really want to thank you guys for coming on and and um you know, much love from Luke's Lounge.
1: Man, I really appreciate it, Luke, and, and, and thank you so much. I'm going to keep my best to try and send you some or uh, uh, creating good content. And Ayaka, she's all with the ideas, and I know she has a million more, so I'm going to try to survive in some more of her crazy <laughs> ideas. And I really appreciate the the good words, though, and, and thank you for having me. I'm, I'm super stoked. And
2: Yeah, thank you for having us for this podcast. hope you guys know, get to know us a little bit better. And keep uh, following our Instagram Ayaka Suzuki McQuilly or the Wonder Boogie uh, account, and we're gonna keep continue making a fun, good bodyboarding contents out there. So stay tuned for our project coming up.
0: Yeah, we'll- giddy up, beautiful, beautiful, and we'll have to have you back on um, in future future months or years. You know, when the party still going, we'll have to catch up again in a little bit and see how the Dammit is it the Dammit Sun sunscreen Ayaka.
2: Yeah, that mask sunscreen. D-A you... mask. That mask.
0: Sunscreen. that mask sunscreen. Yeah, it's a dumb mask. Oh, I was almost going to ask on um, where the meaning came from. That's sick. Dumb mask. That
1: mask. Yeah, well, it came from COVID, man. Everyone had a mask on, and we were like, "You don't need a mask. You got a dumb mask. You can put it on your whole face." And <laughs> yeah. well, that was kind of the joke. But also, it's it's like a foundation. <laughs> it's <laughs> That's what, a it's sick like, one. like yeah, and it's really good for your skin. So it's kind of like almost like a mask a woman would wear. You know, like it's like a skincare. It's like a foundation. Yeah, foundation. Skincare. And also, it protects you from the sun. So it's it's, it's literally the best I've ever used, Luke. You, yeah. we, got, we got to send you some so you can try it. It's yeah. saved my Oi, life. am um, so down. Oi, I work around pools a
0: lot during the day. I get reflection all the time. I'm putting surf mud on. I'm putting any sort of zinc I can on. So I will take I will take anything, please. I, I, I need protection. I'm a small change white boy here in a very sunny continent.
1: <laughs> oh, we'll hook you up, man. It's going to change it. Your, you're going to be so stoked, Brad. It's definitely, like, it's the best sunscreen you can put on your face.
0: Give me your BDL. give me just send
1: us we got your email, so send us your address and it, it's on bro. We love you.
0: Yeah, sick. Alright, epic guys. Well thank you again and I'll um I'll be looking at your posts later on and, and
1: let's catch up in the future. Okay, okay. Thank be- you so much bro. It was all a pipe dream. Watching body boarding up on TV, deep and reef